guys, thanks for joining us. Today we will fall into conversation with a special lady who prefers not to be named. I remember when she told me her story, I couldn't believe what she had been through. She's such a positive person who always wears a smile from ear to ear. She's a gentle reminder that you never know what people have been through or are currently going through. Therefore, you should always be kind. Listen to her story. So what's your story? Basically, I was raised by my dad because my mum wasn't a very good mum figure at the time. So she fell pregnant with me at a young age, not a young age, 20 to 21, around that age, something like that. And she was struggling a lot with being a mum to me. She wasn't doing the normal caring, nurturing things that a parent would do. And my dad used to say to me that he used to see me when I used to, when he used to be going to my grandma's house, because my grandma and my mom lived quite close at the time. My clothes was dirty. I didn't look like anyone loved me, but then my dad was still giving money for my upkeep and stuff like that. And then a lot of things kind of happened from that point that kind of spiraled downwards. So things kind of got worse which then ended up with my dad, my mum deciding that either my dad take me or she's going to give me up into care, foster care or something like that, some sort of care system. So my dad was like, that's absolutely fine. I'll take her, but I'm changing her last name. So my mum signed over everything. There was no fight. There was no if, no but. She signed me over to my dad. My dad changed my last name to his last name. And then he continued to raise me from that point onwards in my life, really. He taught me everything I know today. He still teaches me everything. He's like a superhero. Do you feel like you missed out on not having a mum? I used to. So primary school ages from like seven to about 11 little things like when people used to get picked up by like their mums and stuff even though don't get me wrong my dad is a super cool dude like my dad is just amazing laugh and joke with my friends if it's barbies we're talking about then he's bringing the shaving ken like he was literally that guy but it's just like oh I want to do mummy stuff like girly stuff like people go shopping with their mums they they talk about things with their mums where there's me with my dad trying to speak about things that it just seemed a bit odd and I always used to ask my dad oh why is it just me and you my dad used to say when I get older he will speak to me because he doesn't want to basically change or affect my opinion on my mom he doesn't want to put his opinions of how he feels and how she treated me and how things went to affect my decision so when I'm older I'll be able to make a more mature decision based on how I felt but I know that during primary school there's times I used to cry like my year six play even though my dad came and he knew all the words to the one little song that I got to sing on my own because I was abused in it at home it was still like everyone had their mom and their dad there and stuff like that and again it was just my dad and obviously that time I appreciated my dad but it's still, I felt like something was missing. Like, I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now because it's more so you just want to fit in. Mm. And everyone's always asking you, oh, why is, who's coming? Is your dad coming? Is your mom coming? And you'll just be like, no, it's just my dad. <laughs> uh, it's always just my dad. <laughs> With the kids at school, did they ask you all the time or did it stop after a while? Like, did you ever talk about it? 
Primary school, not really, because I didn't really understand. Like, obviously, I understand the back history now because I put two and two together and I also remember certain things. So it all makes a lot of sense when you try, when you piece it all together. But in primary school, I didn't really know, to be honest with you. I didn't know why I was with my dad. I just know at one point I was with my mom, then I'm with my dad. Secondary school, again, as I got older, I started to gain a bit more clarity. So certain things became a lot clearer to me and I used to go to my mum's mum's house so my grandma's which was very odd I never used to understand why I'll go to my grandma's every weekend stay there but I never see this woman who's meant to be my mum and my grandma never used to speak of her she had one picture of me and my mum on the mantelpiece and I must have been about six months old with half a tooth (laughs) and stuff like that like happier times but nobody really spoke Mm. on it until like secondary school and I just used to think I don't have a mum because she didn't want to be there and even though it sounds like oh that's so sad someone get the violins it was just my reality Mm. where other people was like shocked oh your dad raises you or it's just you and your dad and I'm just like yeah that's what you knew and that was your comfort at the end yeah you weren't really looking at it as two separate things this is your life and this is how you were going to live it mm-hmm. so at what age did you and your dad actually talk about it like you know get into the detail it's odd because over the years like from like year five when I used to get cry about silly things when I look back it was silly things but at the time it was my whole life mm-hmm. like going shopping with my mum my dad used to take me shopping all the time, but he always used to get, I always had the latest trainers and tracksuit. I didn't have the latest dress and I wanted the Spice Girl boots with the little platform. And yeah, my dad got them for me, but it took a lot of convincing and my auntie to like state my case to me that I'm a girl and I like these things. So little things, I just used to be like, oh, why isn't my mum here? Or I used to cry because people at school used to laugh and be like oh your mum's not gonna come like the little boys and stuff and obviously in primary school that's what you do you kind of take the mic and you laugh and you joke and then I feel like in secondary school year seven year eight I just I was a little bit different Mm. when I say different like my family always say I'm the more quieter one out of like my family is full of strong black women I'll be honest with you Caribbean culture very loud very independent and there's me in the shadows just trying to get through without anybody noticing and my auntie always used to say oh your mum used to be like that or you've got hands like your mum or your mom would say something like that. So I always used to like ask my dad, so what is the deal? What's going on here? Where is she? How do we get in contact? Because I need to know what's going on. And then my dad just used to tell me, now's not the right time. Like when you get older and stuff. And I just used to think, no one tells me anything, but people make negative comments. Like my auntie will say like little things that used to like make me, make me question things. Like she'll never forget when she had to confront my mum in Asda mm. and I used to think confront her about what mm. and then my dad will say things like when you get older um I'm like what did she do rubber bank like what <laughs> what can't I know now what's yeah. the, the big secret and stuff like that but I think the more it, it gave me more insecurity not knowing mm-hmm. so I feel like by year nine I knew well, I, I didn't know the in-depth detail as I do now. Because I remember certain bits of my upbringing, it's, a, it's, it's easier for me to piece together what my dad was saying. So I remember little things that 
my mum used to do to me that mums don't do like just in general just for example my mum put me on a diet when I was two years old Mm. how I remember that I don't remember the diet I just remember going to my grandma's and that's where the food was at but I don't ever remember like being at home and sitting eating with my mum and stuff like that which is like very 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 odd so I feel like little things gave me a bit of a complex like the more I understood it the more it made me a bit insecure Mm -hmm. and I feel like due to that like my dad said that when he first took me from my mum I had to go to therapy play therapy they call it where they introduce therapy with toys so you'll play with things and they'll be like oh show me what you would normally do on your day to day or out of one to five how happy are you today if you draw a smiley face how like it was a lot tailored to children Mm -hmm. so it took me a good year and a half to get familiar with um I don't know if we can call her a counsellor therapist I remember her name was Carol though Mm -hmm. um to get familiar with her and then I used to open up like when I didn't really speak in school and I never used to tell my dad things so anything that I felt like would make my dad upset or would bring any worry to my dad or things that I just felt was embarrassing I wouldn't speak Mm. and my dad will always say that he'll ask me something and he'll he makes a joke up to now that my fingers will look like I'm playing the piano because I'll just start fiddling with my fingers and that's how we knew that okay something's wrong and she's not telling me what it is Mm -hmm. and it took a very long while for me to speak yeah even now I'll be honest I don't really convey my feelings and I don't like confrontation in fact I hate it like the ground shudders ready to suck me up if I have to confront certain things so but it it was it was a hard journey it gave me a lot of insecurities if I'm honest and I don't know why Mm. how would you say you've kind of gotten over those insecurities life I have a son my son is amazing and I think it's not wanting to be how my mum was so even though a lot of mums like all my friends that are mums they have like their mums helping them they give them advice they do the grandma role they do all of these things where I don't have an example as of a mum to me but I have like my dad's sister who she's like a mum to me my auntie my auntie used to um, have me every weekend and stuff like that and but it's still not the same it's still not the same as your mum being a mum to you so because I don't know what that is I knew what that I had to I had to make a statement mm-hmm. I, I had to I couldn't let it change me because it changed a lot of my childhood if I'm if I'm being honest I, I feel like I had a lot of security insecurities as a teenager growing up just not knowing who I was mm-hmm. I knew my dad's side but little stuff like starting like your menstrual cycle as a girl child I was embarrassed but yet it was my dad going into super drugs to buy me sanitary towels and stuff and my dad teaching me the ins and outs of like what happens this time of the month and it's okay and I'm sitting here looking at him like how do you know you this is this is cringe the amount of cringeworthy mum conversations I had with my dad is enough to like change anybody it was cringe I thank my dad for it but it was horrible I don't recommend talking about the menstrual cycle with your dad with anybody because they have no clue whatsoever but he tried yeah and I feel like because he tried 
I feel like I have to make him proud. He gave me the best of everything. So there's, there's no reason for me to be angry at the world. It's more, it's life. I can't explain it. It's just, I'm big on energy. And I feel like if I carry that energy of being let down, being disregarded with me, it will mirror onto anybody around me. And I don't want anybody to feel how I felt. It's just not something that I'm personally comfortable with. Mm. So, and positivity breathes happiness. So you just have to be happy. Yeah. You have to. I remember that's one of the first things you ever said to me. And it sticks with me because you've said it to me a few times now. And that's exactly why I wanted to speak to you about this. And I, like, you know, you told me and I wanted to talk about it. And I didn't want you to feel like, this is a conversation I want you to have so that people know your business and people, mm. you know, I was inspired by your story. I wasn't in that situation. I can't imagine what it feels like or what it felt like. However, the fact that you are so positive is what I think needs to be spread. Cause I feel that people who have been through such situations, they're expected to be sad. They're expected to be you know not so positive and and like you said put that on everybody else whereas with you you would never know that had been through any of this and that to me is amazing so that's why I wanted to know like how do you stay positive um you've kind of touched on it already but is there anything you did I know you said you went to child therapy did you go to any therapies as an adult or was it just all yourself if I'm being completely honest with you when I got into like my early 20s late teens early 20s around that time I've I feel like I went through a state of depression but it wasn't I worry a lot so I'm a worry wolf. I worry about what I'm going to eat for dinner I worry about everything my son I worry about like events that haven't even taken place and I don't know how that became to be such a big part of my personality but I feel like it's the inner fear of being left or the surprise of things because I feel like even though my life was my dad raising me, it still was a very big shock given the the typical, the stigma around it, all my friends having mums. I don't know at what point it just became like, okay, is this foreign or is this, who's weird? Oh, am I weird or are they weird? Because <laughs> I never used to understand it. And I feel like it's really odd because I don't know what, what made me decide that I want to be so so positive I felt like it's where I was most comfortable Mm -hmm. I don't like confrontation for me confrontational space isn't just going up to someone and having an argument it's also telling somebody what you're not happy with and other people would find such ease with doing that even if it's in like the right way you don't have to scream or shout I find it so uncomfortable I feel like me telling somebody I don't like this is so negative where some would be, someone would be like, it's not that serious or all of this type of stuff. But I'm like, no, because it makes me uncomfortable to know that I'm going to make somebody else uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't thrive well in those sorts of situations at all. So I feel like my happiest place in secondary school was being the joker. Mm. I could find a joke in anything. I wear a smile like his trainers. Like I found such comfortability in making other people happy, and I feel like it became like a, a gift, as it were. Even down to something silly, you just have to laugh. You just have to be positive because it could be worse. Mm. 
like that's how I always see things it could be 10 times worse like even when I used to suffer from the depression in my early 20s and the doctor recommended counseling and then when I when I went, I went to two sessions and both sessions the woman asked me oh do you think this is from childhood trauma and I sat there thinking if I'm gonna sit here and relive I didn't see how it was productive for me to sit there and relive such a horrible experience that gave me no positive energy it didn't make me feel good so for me not knocking it for nobody else it just wasn't something for me Mm -hmm. then I got said then the doctor said to me antidepressants and I thought no way I'm not gonna micromanage my emotions Mm -hmm. that it's not healthy again I don't knock anybody that does it what works for somebody might not work for me and vice versa but in my head it was a bigger picture than then taking the tablets and being calm it was micromanaging emotions Mm -hmm. and I feel like we shouldn't do that so the only way for me to get past all of that was to just be happy Mm -hmm. and have hope when when you have hope I feel like the air that you breathe is different you -hmm. don't just take a deep breath to like open up your lungs you take a big deep breath because you're hopeful of life you're inhaling life and you can let it all back out again like today is tomorrow we worried about yesterday Mm -hmm. so it's like you really have to enjoy being who you are yeah and I enjoy like my dad forced me tough love my dad forced me to be comfortable in my own skin and I feel like for that I can't help but be, be positive I don't know it's so odd it's really odd I don't know why I'm so positive but it's fulfilling yeah, but I feel like you touched on something like not every solution works for everybody. So like you said, not ha- having a therapist doesn't work for everybody. Taking medicines doesn't work for everybody. But if it's something that works for you, of course you would do it. But in your case, you mm. route and you should be happy about the route that you chose because it worked best for you. Um, yeah. Did you ever talk to your dad about how you were feeling? Like, did he ever ask those questions? Like he sounds like he was always there for you and he, he did everything for you. Like you said, you already cast him as a superhero. But one thing I'm actually intrigued to know is were you guys able to talk about how you felt? Was it something you did? Was that something you just didn't speak about? No, no, no. So my dad, in regards to myself, he's very traditional. So he's your traditional like guy. He's, He's everything a man should be and more. My dad was my first ever relationship, my first love, my first everything. So I feel like he was very strong. Again, I feel like my dad gets it from his side of the family. He used to sit there and be like, speak to me, speak to me. And I physically couldn't get the words out to speak. It wasn't nothing to do with him. I just, all I kept thinking about is all the stuff that could go wrong if I said it. So over time... My obviously my dad knows me better than anyone so my dad started to understand when things was wrong instead of asking me he was he would advise me like he already knew mm-hmm. so I didn't have to go into too much detail but without me realizing it I'm I'm already crying on my dad's shoulder about what happened in school today and so and so doesn't want to speak to me and this that and the other so my dad had his own way of getting things out of me it, it was like a superpower that he had like even in secondary school I was bullied in year 10 and 11 of secondary school. And I didn't tell my dad for ages. I used to go to school. Every morning I used to wake up dreading going to school. But I couldn't tell my dad because he's working two jobs, all of that stuff. I just didn't want to be a burden and a headache. I just, 
I couldn't fathom even putting any more stress on my dad's shoulders. And it's only when one of the boys in school um, hit me in the science class and my friend told my dad. So I'm like to my dad, and my dad was very protective of me at that time. I'm like, please don't come down to school. They're going to laugh. Like, please, no. He's like, all right, I'm not going to come down to school. Lo and behold, I'm in science class the next day, and everyone runs in my class. Your dad's in the hallway. And I'm like, what? No, this man has not. When I come out, my dad is searching for the person who's hit me. So a lot of experiences with my dad, he gets in defense mode with me and I don't want him to carry, I don't want him to have to fight my battles. Mm -hmm. Raising me, taking me from my mom, like the life that I had, like I said, I wanted for nothing. That I can't fault my dad in like anything like that. So I felt like all I had to do was make him proud. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel like it was a proud moment to say I couldn't stick up for myself. Mm. even though my dad will be like you can tell me anything and rightly so I could tell my dad anything there was nothing I could not tell my dad which is amazing because as a female you probably try to filter things or you probably feel like oh I don't want to say this or my dad might not my dad no my dad was my best friend even now like we laugh and we joke and stuff like that like our sense of humor our relationship that we have is just amazing beyond words but in the beginning I could my dad could speak to me I just couldn't speak and it wasn't because it was my dad it was my own insecurity again I can't stress that enough that Mm -hmm. my insecurities and lack of confidence and I feel like subconsciously that was always because I always used to think if your own mom could leave what's to say for the rest of the world Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's a fear I carry even to this day I always have to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Like, even when amazing things are happening, I always have to remind myself, you know what happened? Don't get too... Because you just never know. Mm-hmm. You know, you just never know. Like, a mum is there to nurture and stuff like that. And she disappeared. And lucky for me, I had my dad who took up both sides and then more. Do you speak to anyone on your mum's side? Or is there just, like, no connection there? Okay, so it's really odd. This is going to sound absolutely berserk, but my mom has two other children. Mm-hmm. So I have a sister. I don't know how old she is now. I would say she's about three, four years younger than me. I have a brother who I've never seen before. I've never met. And years and years and years ago, I was in a shop. And some girl comes saying my name. And I'm thinking, you know when someone knows you, but you feel bad because you don't remember them. So you're like, oh, my days is she from school. Who is she? So I'm like, oh, hi. Thinking, who is this? Lo, lo and behold, it's my um, younger sister. Mm-hmm. So it's only when she said her name, I was like, oh. And she seemed so excited to see me. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad that I didn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I didn't want to feel that way she's foreign to me Mm. like she's from like I don't know how the upbringing was with her and obviously my mom but I just felt like we come from two separate planets Mm -hmm. the woman that I call mom you call mom she was really a mom to you where me I don't know her she doesn't know my favorite color she doesn't know what I'm allergic to like it's the weirdest Mm. type of thing And I tried to get to know her for a solid week. Now, to some people, a week is very short. It was one of the hardest weeks of my life. Mm -hmm. Just because she's talking about things about my mum. 
and I'm just sitting there, not resentful, but a bit like, this isn't me. Yeah. At that very moment, I realised this this isn't me. This was this was never going to be my story. As much as my mum had me and stuff like that, it's it's not my story. I can't relate, and there's a reason why our worlds are are, are planets and light years apart because this was not me. So we kind of drifted in that week. I'll be honest. I stopped answering calls and stuff, and I just for my own mental peace. I had to distance myself because it was too close to a home that I never knew. And I just feel like who's by who's in this house? Like, who is this woman? Who's all the family that's there? It it just seemed all a bit too scary. And have you ever reached out to your mum or vice versa to try and have a relationship? Or was that just off the cards for you? So my mom at the time she wasn't she wasn't attending church mm-hmm. and then so one of my cousin's aunties on their side they they actually was going to church with her like about five years ago and saying that she always used to ask of me and stuff like that and I just felt like oh, okay because you get a bit desensitized to it to me it was just a bit like yeah okay can we just move on now and she gave out my phone number without my consent. If she ever hears this, I'm still angry. <laughs> and, um, and like, I say this woman, and not in a disrespectful way, because way, we should all respect our mom- mothers, but she's a stranger to me. Yeah. And even calling her my mom, I feel like is, is respect that she never earned. So has messaged me with, like, Bible scriptures, and she wants to, like, get to know me and I looked and I phoned my dad the first thing I did I didn't respond I called my dad and I told my dad he said it's your choice because I felt a bit like disloyal because I felt a bit like no my dad done everything I need to speak to my dad because he is the voice of reason he is me I am him he will know the right thing to do and he then put the decision back on my shoulders and I was just like okay well I'm not doing it I'm not responding I actually found it quite cheeky that she felt like, don't get me wrong, faith is a beautiful thing, but she felt like faith could push, force my hand, as it were, to get to know her. I felt like it was a cop-out. And it was just emotionally blackmail in its own type of way. She didn't come as a blank canvas. She came with the Bible. Yeah. Um, No, go on, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so you didn't, you, after that point, you were like, after that point, I, I literally sent her a message and just said that I appreciate you reaching out, but it's water under a bridge that's broken. Mm-hmm. So then I didn't speak to her for years. Now, this is an exclusive. Last, last the Halloween just, just gone. Literally, I was getting sweets for my son because obviously he couldn't go trick-or-treating. So I said that I would get a, a bowl of sweets or whatever, whatever, and we'll just pretend that we went and got them. No joke. I'm on my phone looking down. As I look up, this woman is walking straight towards me. As I've looked up, she's looked down. And I'm thinking, I recognize her. And she's looking, I've never seen someone look so deep into their phone, like the phone could have swallowed them. Mm -hmm. And she would have saw me before I saw her because I was looking down, really bad practice, by the way, on my phone, walking. And as I've looked up, she's quickly looked down. She walked straight past me. Mm. And I called my dad and I was like to my dad, oh, you never just guess, you just walked past me. And my dad couldn't guess. And when I told him, he was like, she walked straight past. He's like, 
yeah and he's like how do you feel about that and I was just like we don't know each other yeah so surprisingly enough she handled the situation like any person would you don't talk to strangers mm. like as odd as it sounds <laughs> what? It's <so> deep. <laughs> You know, honestly, as odd as it sounds, and my dad was just like, he's so proud of me and I've come such a long way. Because if this was in primary school, I would have been rolling around on the floor crying, just trying to find my place in this thing called life and thinking I don't fit. Mm. Where I just felt like that was reassurance to me that it's okay. Like, you don't even need to feel embarrassed. You don't even need to pretend that you didn't see me because our eyes clearly made one before you looked down. We're just strangers. We we don't know each other. And you just don't talk to strangers. No, I hear you. Like, when you say it like that, it makes, to me anyway, it makes sense. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but yeah, it just sounds, it initially sounded crazy. You're like, wow. It just yeah, sounds- it, is. <laughs> it is. It can be, as my friends would say, my friends think that I've become, I do say I'm desensitized. So a lot of things where they're like, oh my gosh. I'm just like, what is a big deal? Everyone breathe. It's okay. Who wants a chicken wing? Do you want a glass of wine? (laughs) It's not that deep where they kind of carry certain situations that I go through. It's like they carry the hurt that I should feel. And then I feel bad because I'm like, I feel like, am I meant to feel that way? Because internally, I feel like I'm all right. Yeah. No, I feel like you should definitely just feel how you want to feel I think mm. love you and people who take care of you or you know we always feel it like we always feel it more because we love you and we want you to be yeah a version of yourself and you know I, I remember just having this conversation actually this week when I found out my one of my really good friends um ex-boyfriend got like a new partner like sh- not straight after but what would seem straight after, after <laughs> and I found out he was getting married, I, wow. I cried. When I found out, I cried for her because I was just like, she's going to be so hurt. So I think it's mm. your friends and the people around you are always going to feel for you because they care about you. So yeah, you necessarily feel um, sad about feeling desensitized when, to be honest, you're still living your best life. Like, I know you're the happiest person, <laughs> one of the happiest people I know. Obviously, that's come from a place of, you know a lot of hurt but yeah um and the journey for you to be where you are now is amazing to me and that's why I was like I have to talk to you yeah I feel like I get that a lot like everyone always says to me like I don't get it you should be like bitter at the world and stuff like that but I'm just like no like don't get me wrong I also take comfort in writing so I'm not the best writer I try and it's odd because it could be the smallest thing that inspires me. And I could write something in a space of 10 minutes. Like my friend recently went something through something and she's a mum, and she was just feeling really low and stuff like that. And I just wanted her to believe in her superpower. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like as humans, we all have a superpower or we all have something that makes us special. Just something that, that makes us happy that make we bring light to other people without even realizing it I just want everyone to be happy and I know like I can't change the world but it'll be great to influence the mind that does like if I could just strike a chord and make someone happy then I I'm fulfilled yeah I like very fulfilled such a lovely person man um one thing I did want to ask you that you mentioned is like I know you don't like confrontation but 
what I would be concerned about for you is when someone is not being nice to you or when someone is being out of order to you and it's not your fault. Like, how do you deal with that? I, I don't want you to just say, you know, you just say, thank you. And, and, you know, keep it moving. Maybe you do, but I feel like no. you know when you're being taken for granted. Okay. I'll be honest with you. And I don't want this to sound like, oh, poor me, poor me. Cause I'm honestly not a victim of my own life, honestly. But I'll be honest in saying that when people do do wrong by me, I always say nobody's perfect and we have to accept people for their imperfections because that's what makes them them. Mm -hmm. So when people are harsh to me or they make me sad or they do wrong by me, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't really know how to, I still haven't learned how to at the time address the situation and be like, you know what? That wasn't good. I'm more forgive. Mm-hmm. forgiveness is the strongest thing you can do and it may seem like a cop-out and stuff but for my own sanity I move away from bad energy so I would never force myself into anyone's personal space into anything like that I feel like if there's an underlying issue or if I bring up negative energy towards you that's not good that's not what I'm here for so I I need to move away from your space because this whole emotion is inspired by me it has my name written all over it Mm -hmm. so I would rather like remove myself and sometimes I do like confront things and stuff like that and I do it I have this thing where I can be quite sarcastic it's my second language so I will test the waters and make a little cheeky line and see if they receive it and then kind of go from there because I don't want to feel bad Mm -hmm. this is the one thing I feel like people don't intentionally mean to hurt people but hurt people hurt people so I don't know because someone's being terrible to me I don't know what they're going through I don't know what what their life is and me reacting to that could have the adverse effect and I could push them over the edge and I don't I don't want to be accountable or take responsibility for anyone's downfall Mm-hmm. so I feel like sometimes when people are angry they look for a reaction but no reaction it, it is a reaction like silence is the loudest conversation you can have if used properly so I, I just kind of tend not to, to, to say nothing and just receive it I, I, guess, I guess I receive it and just I stay away as silly as it sounds it sounds like a cop-out and my friends tell me all the time I get called Mrs understanding like she's always saying people are different have an open mind which is true I'm a big advocate of that but like I said hurt people hurt people so that's how I see if you're hurting me you must be you must feel hurt you must be going through things so instead of being combative with you I forgive you it's okay like yeah so okay I'm gonna play a bit of a devil's advocate here because I can imagine some of our listeners will have this question on their mind so in that same respect do you forgive your mum for what you went through but you wouldn't have a relationship with her or do you just class that whole situation as different like you don't compare the two um I forgive her because if I didn't I'd be very angry Mm -hmm. and bitterness is is not part of my DNA build-up. It just, it just doesn't make sense. It has no place. So I forgive her. Like I said, hurt people hurt people. So I forgive her and it's just, she will have to deal with that for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So only she has to carry that burden. Only she knows what she did. And and I don't have to live with that. Living with that on its own could be a crutch for anybody to get through life. Like looking in the mirror and knowing what you did and your wrongdoing and stuff. So I, yeah, I forgive her. But I don't have no words for her because I don't talk to strangers. Yeah. And I have to keep making that so clear. And it probably sounds so cold, but I just... I just, I just don't. If a stranger was to fall over, I would help them up. If she was to fall over in front of me, I would help her up. I would dust her off, but I would keep going. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, and one thing I did want to touch on is I personally don't think we ever talk about the dads who are around. So you said your dad's a superhero. Like, why do you think it's not spoken about? Like, I think it's getting, with social media these days, I'm starting to see more figures of dads being the ones who have raised their children for whatever the reason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what the reason is but I feel like if someone said they were brought up by their mum they're like oh okay but if someone mm-hmm. said brought up by their dad they're like oh you know <laughs> like why they, they want to know why what happened and I feel like why do you think we don't talk about it like why isn't it why is it so not unheard of but not well received I guess I feel like it's a nature nurture aspect. Mums and women naturally are meant to be the nurturer, like nurturers. Women are the nurturers and stuff. So I feel like soon as you automatically hear a man has raised his child, automatically the wild things that go through a person's head when you say that, you can tell by the look on their face that they're envisioning serial killers, bodies under the attic, all of that sort of thing. When I feel like it's it's a hard one because... I feel like there's some sort of embarrassment. I feel like I know I know a few like dads that look after their kids. And if you ask them why, they won't go into too much detail because they don't want to embarrass the mother of their child. Mm-hmm. They would, don't want them to be seen as a lesser person because they couldn't do the job that scientifically what women are, are meant to do, they, they couldn't fulfill Mm. that part of life so it's just it's the way how life goes I feel like definitely Instagram social media I, I culturally I feel like it comes down to culturally uh, uh, as well because I feel like not saying all cultures all men there's men from all cultures that raise their that can raise their kids on their own but I feel like in the black culture there's a lot of stigma that comes with it the woman seen embarrassed or like people start to question home life, family life, mm-hmm. all of these things come into question that had nothing to do with nothing. Do you know how many times I used to hear about, oh, you're raised by my dad. So what's that like? So what does he do? They start asking you FBI questions when it's just my dad. He yeah. helped me raise me. No harm is going to come to me with my dad. He's normal like us two. There is no hidden secret. He doesn't work for the CIA. Like my <laughs> mom is alive and breathing. She's just elsewhere. Yeah. I think people just automatically think it's a tragic story. And sometimes it really is a tragic story. But I feel like people don't care to know. Yeah. I can tell you now, if when a woman is left and I get that it happens quite often, yeah. you still get the tears they still get, people still feel really bad and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when a woman walks out on a man, to a certain degree, people assume it's something the man did. Mm-hmm. And the woman was taking a stance of strength. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever reason, she had to do what she had to do and she left her child, but she's going to come back. 
That's always the story that people associate with dads raising their kids. What did you do? Mm-hmm. How did this? Nothing. Yeah. Honest, do you understand what I mean? Like, nothing. Sometimes life, it's just life. And I feel like we do have to give dads more props. Yeah. A lot more props. But I feel like it's not spoken about because dads don't like to put their business. Women, we like to chat. We like to have a little gossip and talk about our daily life and what we ate for dinner. Men, not so much. Mm-hmm. Unless you're close to a man's circle, I'd, I, you would never know the reason why he's raising his child. Mm-hmm. In fact, you probably could know this man for how much he is and you won't even realise that it's just him raising their child and that's by default. It accidentally pops out. You're like, wait, pardon? <laughs> when, did, when did this happen I've, like I just feel like men don't speak on it because it's not something that's meant to be like oh look at me look at me I'm raising my child it's no I'm raising my child that's not something I need an award for yeah it's yeah. not an achievement it's what I'm meant to be doing exactly do you know how much it, it bugs me when you do have maybe um a mum and a dad who are separated let's say and they have a child and when the child look is being looked after by the dad not always but sometimes they'll be like oh I'm babysitting it's like no you're not that's your child it's not baby <laughs> it's not baby I'm, I'm telling you honestly you just and your- I'm you have your child oh but I bought this for my son well you're meant to he's yours I mean duh yeah I hate that phrase I don't know what it is but I just don't like it because when I mean I can get into it, but I just feel like when the child is with whoever, like the mum in that situation, it's just she has her child. But when the dad has a child, mm-hmm. like, I can't, I'm babysitting tonight. And it's like, well, are you babysitting or are you just looking like to me, babysitting is I'm looking after my niece, my nephew, or someone else. Of course. Mine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that's why I just wanted to make sure and just ask you what you thought about that yeah I just I feel like men are actually just looking after their child like you say don't speak on it because it's not shock horror I'm looking after my child this is my DNA I made this child whereas people that I feel like cause men are made out in the media that they don't do much again I hate to bring out especially from a cultural aspect is seen as black men don't really raise their kids. They're in and out of the mum's life. There's a lot of single ethnic minority mothers out there that are struggling to make ends meet that you don't really see the dad. The dad's story is very in the background. And I think that's also due to strength. The strength a man carries and the woman carries is completely different. A man's strength is always in silence. Mm. Always. He may not be emotionally strong, but he can move a car with his bare hands. Where women, we're, we're different. So we can't, we can't like move a car. But in, in regards to our emotions, we're very strong. We get through the day how we need to get through the day. As mothers, you get through however you need to get through. Mm. And I feel like that's the amazing thing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and it's so cool. my last thing for you is kind of like what would be your final thoughts for anyone who's kind of been in the same situation or just anyone who's listening I write a lot of stuff down in my iPhone so I can like read one of my pieces yeah I wrote no one judge me or anything like that please it may not be like amazing but I feel like it may inspire somebody which would be pretty, pretty cool so you ready? Yeah. 
some days you will feel low. Some days your emotions will go on a journey with no place to go. Some days you smile. Some days you frown. Your frown will stretch for miles. Some days you will cry. Some days you will look at your decisions and sigh and ask why. Some days you will feel hurt. Some days you will, you will enjoy your, bar your barrier and your inner introvert. But it's the days you are strong that your pride won't see you go wrong. It's the day you're a mother and you face the world like a superhero with no bother. Today you're not feeling your best and life pre presents its constant tests. These are the days you're living your truth. So let today be someday. Feel it, live it and throw up the deuce. Hey. <laughs> uh, thank you. Just be strong, guys. No, thank you so much. And again, I really want to stress that um, all of your opinions are yours. Like, I don't want anyone yes. to be offended by anything that you've said. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I would say as well is, I've said it before and I'll say it again, is that I was very touched by your story. You would never know, like if you met this girl, people, like you would never know that she's been through any of these things. So I just wanted to say thank you because I'm sure that someone listening will be inspired by your story just as I was. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you've taken some key points from this episode. If you have any questions, please email fallintoconversation at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow the Instagram page, Fall Into Conversation, to look out for upcoming episodes and useful information.